For filthy casuals, by filthy casuals. Hi everyone and welcome to Flashpoint episode 117, recorded Sunday, October 9th. I'm your host David Holloway and joining me firstly is a man who is flying directly to the US after this podcast to get Donald Trump's campaign back on track. How are you, Simon? Brap, brap. Oh no, hang on, that's not me. That's someone else. I'm good. How are you? Yeah, good. you got a long flight ahead of you and the debate's on in, oh, whatever, 15 hours. So good luck with that. No, no, no. It won't be too long at all because I will be completely off my ass by the time I get off the plane at LaGuardia. So that shouldn't be a problem. Um, it means I should fit right in with the rest of the campaign and stuff. Beautiful. And we also have a man who's who never leaves his mic hot. How are you, Ben? Oh, yeah, well, see, the trick is ice. That's it. Especially with that epidemic going around Australia, I just thought, I'll use the ice and I'll cool my mic down and problem solved. Nice. Yeah, just... just I'm, I'm of, putting it to good use and I'm not snorting the tip, it. the tip gently with the ice and then just work your way. It's, it's <laughs> that natural it. thinking that makes this podcast great. Mm-hmm. And... Um, we're actually on time. I think we have been on time the last two podcasts. So as far as it's it's just on, it was just under a month actually for this one. So um, yeah, oh, good, nice. good to be back. And as always in a four week period, lots has happened. So we'll just jump straight in uh, as per usual with what we've been playing. Ben first, what have you been playing, mate? Mate, well, it wouldn't be me if I didn't play Destiny, mm. but especially seeing there's an expansion that came out, I have to say I played Rise of Iron. Yeah. Um, but I've also been playing Gears of War 4 and Forza Horizon 3. Um, I haven't had as much time to play them, obviously, because of my Destiny addiction. Um, but, yeah, I did get to try out some other things uh, at the EB Expo recently, which we'll talk about later. Cool. And Simon, what have you been playing? Well, I... Installed Forza Horizon 3, and I installed Gears of War 4, and then I got my Gears of War 4 console and realized I've got to move everything from my existing Xbox over to that. So while that's all been copying and downloading and blah, 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 I've been playing uh, Beyond Good and Evil HD on the 360, and uh, Simpsons taps out tapped out on um, on my tablet because I'm an awful, awful person. <laughs> How's Beyond Good and Evil, the remake or remaster? Is I really, it good? Yeah, it's, it really is a game. It's, it's very European, let's face yeah. it. It's extremely European. But there's something about it, and I can't quite put my finger on it. It's, it's just, it, it's wacky. The gameplay is, yeah, it's dated, but it still works really quite well it's still fun uh, the the whole photography kind of mini game thing you have to do in there uh, just adds a another little another little layer to it but hmm. still still a good game still good fun and um, playable on the Xbox one but not the PlayStation 4 okay. uh, backwards compatible or is it re-released uh, backwards compatible oh. oh cool there has been some talk about well, there's been talk for years about coming out with a Beyond Good and Evil 2, but I'm not aware Wasn't of any... Wasn't that one of the recent Kickstarters or something that got announced somewhere? I think so, yeah. But there's been a few false starts, and I don't expect this one to have any more legs than the previous mm. ones at this point. Okay. Cool. Um, and just for something out of the box, I played WoW and Destiny. Um in the briefest way, I'd say WoW Legion, since we last talked, hit 110, like just about everyone else. Had Yay! Yeah, that was nice. Um, so, I actually, I might put in a point for our running sheet as far as I might talk more about Legion in a little while if we get time. But, yeah, going well and just doing some world quests and ploughing through some achievements now, but still loving it. And Destiny obviously played Rise of Iron, but we're going to talk about that. All right. Sure. So, so let's jump into... Hey, have you got a demon hunter yet? No. No, no plans. That's 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 your um, requirements for the next part. Is you got to be a demon hunter. Oh, I want to know what it's like. Yeah, I, I, you just—it's like it reminds me of the old Death Knight days. They're just bloody running around everywhere, but they seem yeah. quite good. But oh, okay. Um, all right, so let's jump into the meat. And I thought, um, well, I didn't think because it's one of you guys that put it on the running sheet. But it's nice to have Swotor up front 
um, on, on the items we're going to cover tonight. So um, about 24 hours ago, the latest trailer was released for the next expansion, Knights of the Eternal Throne. What's that? K-O-E... No, it doesn't even add up to anything. So not Kotet? Kotet. Yeah, Koteta. Oh, no, that's announced. Koteta. That's announced, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right. Cool. So uh, there's a six-minute trailer. We've all watched it. Um, I'll be the first to say I love the trailers and to this day still don't understand why they haven't made, if not a feature length, at least an hour, some sort of something set in the, this universe for releasing on DVD or movies because it's bloody brilliant. Um, ben first? Yeah. I, I thought it was a really good trailer. They have always done good trailers. The SWOTOR trailers, all every single one of them has been fantastic. Yeah. These, these cinematic ones especially. Um, that's worth pointing out. This is another one of the cinematic ones that they did. Was it six minutes long? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, really pretty, really good story-driven sort of trailer. Um, and I, I think you're right. I think they need to do like a mini series or a Netflix style yeah. internet based series, something of that vein, like, um, a daredevil or Jessica Jones that we get on Netflix at the moment, but with the old Republic, I think it'd be really, really cool. Oh God. Yeah. 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 Mildly tasty. And, um, Simon, from what you've seen of it, you liked what you saw? Yeah, I, I do. It's very similar to the the trailer we got for the uh, the last expansion. Yes. I, mm-hmm. I think in that there's there's a, a real emotional core to it, which and it's bizarre that uh, four and six minute trailers from a video game have more emotional heart than arguably um, one or two of the prequels. <laughs> it's but, not hard. Well, no. Look, I, I'm, I'm not going to. I'm not going to knock the prequels, but and maybe it's because these things are so condensed and they're just in with one one little element. But they are they are such tight little mini movies in themselves, and they do they do their job beautifully because they draw you in. You actually have, if not concern about the characters, then you're at least interested in their predicament or the situation they're setting up. And this one's kind of gut wrenching. Yeah. Like, the, the way I, was, I, I sort of I sort of had an idea this was where it was going to go, but uh, yeah, it's it, it makes a lot of sense bearing in mind the the preceding chapters they've released. Yeah, so. I, I was watching it and going, oh no no no, oh I was I was a bit upset with what happens at the end of that one. Yeah, so mm-hmm. really really nicely done, really well told, beautifully shot. Yeah. Mm. Or framed at least, so yeah, uh, I'm I'm keen to get into this one as well. Yeah, and the lighting in that final scene as well is just spot on. Really oh. helps with the atmosphere. It's just oh, unreal. Single light source. Mm. Sabers come into their own yeah. dramatically. Yep. Um, I look, it, it had enough power that it nearly made me want to play the game again. Well, I'd, I'd, I'd agree with that. It's done <laughs> its job. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's, and it, it's really I, 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 yeah, yeah that's right. it. It's time. It's time. It's yeah. exactly it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I was really put off, and I don't think I've ever talked about this on part. I just was really put off with the change in format, so that well, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but you know, your first sixty-five levels, whatever it is, is the old game, and then it's this new episodic viewpoint. And I've just struggled. I, I feel like I want to start roll a brand new character and start again and play it from start to finish. And who's got time for that? Well, just start a level was it a level thirty character. Yeah, true. Yeah, uh, and, and do that. That's that's what I did. I haven't actually taken any of my existing characters over into the the new new story. Because you can actually did... start a whole character from fresh and just start off in the new story. You don't even have to worry about any of the old stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. cool. So, so that's that's worth doing. Um, I, I have to admit, I did that mainly because I wasn't sure quite how how long we were going to be shuttered off from the existing universe. Yeah. So that was it was a it was a, a precautionary step on my part, but uh, but it is actually quite refreshing because you don't have any of the baggage. Literally, you don't have any of the baggage as a new character. You don't have any of these people that you your uh, any of the carryover characters you had have subsequently lost in the intervening period. 
and then we'll be picking up. You get to meet them as new people. Okay. Effectively. So, I mean, you'll obviously recognize most of them, but it's yeah. still it's still an interesting experiment and it doesn't really take that long you get, you, you do um, reasonably concerted gameplay and you you can chew through it pretty quickly especially um, now that most of the chapters are out yeah yeah all right well i'm just pleased that they're still releasing expansions and the game's obviously doing okay so mm. that's, that's always good i'd love to yeah, know, I, I, I haven't tried i was just going to say i think it's announced for what fall us release so this year mm that's not far off. And I haven't, nope. tra- I haven't trolled the internet for any figures. I, I, and I, I'm not even sure they're releasing them, but whether what the subscriber base or the user base more appropriately is now, particularly since mm. the new movies, whether they've had a growth or not. Good question. Yes. If only we're an investigative podcast, we might get off our asses and find out. But I know I won't be. I, I don't think that information's even available. Yeah, it's a bit like, mm. like Xbox sales figures. No one knows. And even, we could GTS it, but nah. Even Wow's, even Wow subscriber numbers now they don't promote. So, no, it's probably work next EA earnings call, but I'd, I'm not willing to chew my way through that. No, oh god, no. So, speaking of one popular game to another, Destiny: Rise of Iron. So, all of us have played it. I might as well kick off, then I'll shut up. So, um, <laughs> I think it's fair to say for what you pay. I'm not super thrilled with the depth of the story, but there was enough there that I wasn't super pissed off either. I think I don't know that they Agreed. found the balance with enough story, but it wasn't so short that I was really angry about it. Um, but re- like the story that was there, I, I really enjoyed. Um, I liked the the new bits that they've got. The the new obviously the. Um, Cosmodrome stuff, it's great that's Mm. always one of my favourite areas because we all have that sentimental attachment as the the launch area Um, I like it and um, I haven't played it actually for the last 10 days 14 days and I'm hanging to get back into it but um, yeah really impressed with what it was, I'm just not sure I got my money's worth Um, Simon I'll throw to you this time what's your impressions? I haven't gotten enormously far into it. I wasn't expecting much, too much story because I think in a lot of ways this is kind of just to tide us over until the next iteration of the game, the, the second version of the game hits. Mm. One of the things that I've been painfully aware of is how long it takes them to change anything within the game. Yeah. Because the maps are so large, well, not... It's not. It, they are just very, very data dense. So if you if you move a rock or make any changes to it, you kind of have to. It, it takes hours or a good hour or two for the thing to to load onto your machine. You make the change and then you leave it overnight, basically, for it to save and hope when you come in in the morning that it actually. It, it, yeah, that, that's what they referenced in that Kotaku article a while back, isn't it? In the everything there. Uh, I believe so, yeah. I'd, I'd heard yeah. about it some time ago as well. Uh, so that's one of the reasons why... I mean, ultimately, Destiny wasn't designed to be this sort of game. It mm. was that you'd you'd fight your way through an area uh, and then you progress on to the next one and the next one because there was a, a linear story that took you from, point, uh, from planet to planet, point to point. Uh, and then it got, late, as we all know, late in its life cycle, it got changed into into what it is now where the story was ripped up and they basically uh, made each of the, recycled each of the areas with any number of doorways in. So you, you know, you come into it one way, you come into it another way and different doors. It's a, um, it's like those old spy movies. Uh, if, if you got into the villain's maze and, and you turn around and a door shut and uh, the corridor that was there isn't there, and then suddenly there's a corridor where there was a blank wall. That's the mm. way it's set up. It's basically just a, a series of of uh, moving walls to to provide additional life into existing assets because they just cre- creating new stuff in this in this engine with the tool set they've got is torturous, which is why they're going to have to do a a complete start. So I wasn't expecting. Yeah, that. I do well, I- like area. Having said that, mm. go on, Ben. I was just going to say, I, I think it's really interesting 
And that, that's a really good topic that you brought up there with the whole asset building and everything like that, which we'll probably get into a bit more later. But them dropping last gen, I think, has exponentially sped up their creation time for new areas or new data, new maps, new whatever. Um, the reason I say that is this expansion was built completely by uh, from scratch by the live team. The live team only came into existence late last year. Ah. So this isn't the full Bungie team. This is the live team that they're talking about. So um, I'm thinking that, one, they've improved their tools that they have at their disposal since the whole talk about Destiny and how it had a rocky launch to say. Yeah, um, and their asset building and their problems with the engines and things like that. So I think them dropping last gen, um, improved tools, all that sort of stuff has really allowed them to go in and make the changes and do everything they need to do and then not worry about, okay, is this going to save and then is it going to be compatible with a 360 and a PS3? Um yeah, that would have to make it. Did, did either of you ever try and play Destiny on a 360 or a PS3? No. No, no. My, my 360s hasn't been unpacked since I got my one. Ah, uh, well, I, I did. And all I can say is it's a freaking amazing piece of engineering that they got yeah. it to run at all. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, it runs on non-native resolutions on both of them. It's like sub, sub SD, so sub 480p. To yeah. get it to run, but, but I mean, it it does work, but it's uh, it's obviously really stripped down and running at much lower resolution than any other uh, any other last gen game you'd come across. But, mm. Yeah, mm. Just, well, when they brought out, I want to say it was um, House of Wolves, they said we found a whole extra meg of memory that we could utilize, and straight away they utilized it for vault space. But for last gen, that one meg was like a, a finding a gold mine. So yeah. for them, to, the the amount of engineering that they've done to, I mean, what is what was a three hundred and sixty or PS three's memory? Five twelve. Five twelve. So yeah. half a gig of memory. Oh, damn. Yeah. That's that's pretty it bloody impressive. Sense. It's incredible. Mm. Yeah. So um, Simon, you enjoyed it for what it was. Yeah, I haven't finished it yet. I've been, as I say, I've been kind of uh, distracted by other new shinies and the in-game in shinies and also real-life shinies. Yeah, mm. which I might talk about later if we have time. Cool. Yeah, and then Ben, um, any further thoughts? Um, yeah, besides the obvious impressive uh, turnaround for the design team that brought it out, um, I, I, I agree with your point, David, on. Maybe there's not a lot of story content for the price you pay. I mean, it's $45 Australian. I think that is asking a little bit too much. Yeah. Um, I, I, I enjoyed what I played. I just think there needed to be more story missions. Uh, it The story starts off really well. You've got a couple of really good little cutscenes in there. And then all of a sudden you're on the last mission and you're like, oh, 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 there's no filler story. Oh, well, maybe after I finish this mission there'll be a couple more missions. Oh, oh, there there isn't. Oh, okay. I think there's like two. Plus, then you had a couple of the exotic stuff that you got to do in. Yeah, there there wasn't a hell of a lot in terms of PVE content to go out there and do. No. Um, which which does disappoint me. Uh, the content that is there is fantastic. Uh, the cutscenes are great. Um, I literally just before we came on the air for the podcast, I was playing uh, the raid, and we finally got up to the last boss for the first time this okay. evening. We had one attempt, and I was like, "Cool, that's great, guys. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go do a podcast. Bye." Um, so uh, I can't comment too much on the raid. So far, what I've seen of it and what we've managed to accomplish in there, it's been really fun. We've, this is the first weekend we've actually had a proper attempt with guys that are pro- appropriately leveled uh, gear-wise and able to get in there and you know kill the bad guys properly. Um, so And the PvP stuff, I've been enjoying them as well. I like the new Supremacy game mode. I think it works really well. And private matches is very, very, very fun. Cool. Um, 
And one other point, just you mentioned about the raid and, and difficulty. Mm. I, I sort of got the feeling going through the the new con the expansion content that it was very much set up to be fun and enjoyable, but not hard. Because I, I consider, yeah, you know, I, I pretty much suck as a, a PvP player, definitely, and as a PVE, I'm probably in the lower third as far as capability. Although I know where the super button is, unlike yeah. some people. But yeah, it's um. I would have died across the whole expansion maybe three or four times. So I was, I was mm. doing mission after mission and not even coming close to dying. That tells me it's probably a bit easy. Yeah, I, I think it was pretty much on the easy side of things as well. And, um, you know, I just... I know, I, I feel like it's missing a bit of depth. The, the whole expansion just screams love letter and nostalgia. And, hey, guys... This is Destiny. We know you love Destiny. Here's some more Destiny. Um, hopefully, you guys will stick around for what we've got coming in the future. That's what the expansion screams to me. Um, yeah, obviously, I... any of the live events coming down the track, you're going to need to have Rise of Iron installed anyway. So, hopefully, there's some some good live events coming coming up. Yeah. Sorry, Simon, go mm. for it. No, I was just agreeing. I wouldn't be surprised if there might be some additional assets in the um, installation that haven't revealed themselves yet that might be used yeah. further further down the line. Because uh, I, I can't help thinking that they... Well, obviously, they're going to want to maintain player interest and player mm-hmm. momentum to take them into whatever the next phase is going to be. Yeah. Well, they've got their Halloween event coming up and then they'll have the Sparrow Racing League already confirmed for December again. Um Everyone's still clamouring at them to make Sparrow Racing a, w- a monthly event, similar to what the um, Iron Banner PvP event is. Um, just so you've got something else to do in the month. Um, yeah. For me personally, once I've beaten this raid, you know, half a dozen times or so, I'm going to be struggling to find some reason to come back. So, and Iron Banner pretty much is it for me. Is I, I actually enjoy doing that PvP stuff in there. I've gotten quite reasonably adequate at killing the killing the mans and um i think having something like sparrow racing league which is a lot more player or uh, casual player friendly where you're just racing sparrows um i think that's having that as a monthly event's a great way to get people coming back every month and going oh cool they've put this in here in the tower what's this do and oh look there's a couple of new story missions i didn't know those they added those i'll go do them um, so I think they need that other sort of event added in there as well because it'll actually bring people back and they'll explore other things that they may have missed at the same time. Yeah. All right. Mm. Um, and at risk of totally alienating our non-Destiny playing listeners, uh, we might as well <laughs> while we're on the topic go to... No, no. We, we might, might as well jump into Destiny 2 while, while we're on the topic. So mm. um, a few news articles in the last couple of weeks, the brutal summary is that uh, it appears Destiny 2 will not only be on the current-gen consoles, but also PC. No huge surprise there. Um, and that it appears, and it's only rumour-based at this stage, that you won't be able to carry your character across. And that sort of makes me very angry, but I'll, I'm enough of an addict, I'll buy it anyway. But um, So thoughts, probably I'll start with you on this one then, Ben. Um, on the news, I, I said the PC doesn't seem a surprise. The character one, I mm. understand there are some advantages to not carrying the character through, but I, I, I think there's some big disadvantages I, I, as well. I think the advantages outweigh the disadvantages. The more and more I think about it, I think with you look at any sequel game, you, the the player starts from scratch. A, a good example would be Mass Effect, where if you finish Mass Effect One, you were this all powerful, great guy. So what do they do in Mass Effect Two? They killed you straight away. Spoiler. Um, yeah, spoiler. It's the, it's the opening 10 minutes. Um, but they... Um, and it's an eight-year-old game. Go play Mass Effect 2. If you haven't played Mass Effect 2, what is wrong with you? Go play Mass Effect 2. Um, the Yeah, so they kill the main character again. So you've got to start building your levelling up from scratch, even if you've imported your Mass Effect 1 save, uh, so you can carry your decisions over. So... They, they reward you for importing your character as well. They give you a couple of like experience bonuses, a few uh, resources bonuses and things like that. So I wouldn't be surprised if we saw something like that with Destiny as well. Um, 
and it makes a lot of sense. It's it's easier from a design point of view. They're making a whole brand new game from scratch. They want to turn around and say, well, no, no, no. You, we need to start you from scratch. We can't have you already at the end game because then you're missing out on all this great new content that we've just created. You know, we spent two years of our lives building for you and you're not even going to play it? What What's the point? So from a design aspect, it makes a lot of sense. Um, the PC thing, it's a first-person shooter. First-person shooters are always great on PC. Yeah. But Destiny also has a lot of third-person view moments. Like when you're popping your super, um, which could be a bit jarring with the first person thing, depending on which super it is. Um, the running around with the swords, some of the jumping puzzles. Um, so there's a little bit, there's there's quite a lot that screams more console-based shooter than it does PC-based shooter. So that, again, will come down to a design thing. That's not so much a... Uh, it's not something for the user to worry about. It's more for the designers to worry about. They need to make sure that the same quality of gameplay translates from the console to the PC because we've had it on the console for now for, well, this is the third year. We're going into our third year, and it works and plays really well. That's one thing everyone says about Destiny is the gameplay is fantastic. Even if some of the content is a bit short, uh, they do the whole carrot on the stick thing, all that. Any of their complaints, they always say the gunplay and the gameplay itself is actually really, really good. Um, so I don't know how well they'll translate to PC. The other thing I want to say quickly on PC is I don't know how that will affect the community. Hmm. Uh, Destiny has a very, very strong community. If you're a part of that community, you know what I'm talking about. You just have to go onto Twitter or YouTube and look at any of the Destiny videos um, my name is Bife, Dado does Destiny, uh, Mr. Fruit, um, Miss 5000 Watts, um, the P- uh, Planet Destiny podcast guys, which are now the Community Destiny podcast. Um, so th- there's the community that is around the Destiny uh, universe is um, very, very strong. They raised half a million dollars uh, for a hospital in August for for a fan-driven, through a fan-driven community event, nothing to do with Bungie or Activision or anything like that, 100% fan-driven. So that speaks to the testament of what this community is capable of and how great it is. And I don't know if PC coming in is a good thing for the community or not. I I mean, hey, more people in this community, that's great. I don't know if it'll be better or not. Um, But... Yeah, the other thing is from an Activision business side things, I think the PC thing is a just a cash grab. I'm, I'm going to say it straight up, it's just a cash grab from Activision. I don't think that's a Bungie decision. I think it's an Activision decision. They lost uh, the last gen. That's 200 million installs they've lost. Um, they need to boost up their current gen uh, install base. Or oh, what better way to do that? Oh, let's let's throw PC in the mix so that we can get maybe another 30, 40 million people playing. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Sorry, that was a bit of a rant. I'll, no, I'll, I'll right. stop. I've been thinking about it a lot over the last couple of weeks. No, it's, and Simon, what, what's your thoughts? Um, I can't imagine you're obsessed with carrying your character through. Um, oddly enough, I've, there, there is. I have one alt that I, I consider my main that I would kind of like to carry through. But then you've got to ask yourself how much of the if, if there's not to be much of the original game left. What are you or, carrying through? What, you, what exactly are you carrying through? I mean, Ooh, if it's... You're saying it's a whole new game, so you wouldn't be carrying anything. No. No, I mean, how much how much mm. of Destiny is actually going to be in Destiny 2? Because there's so many unanswered questions about oh, Destiny itself. Uh, I mean, uh, obviously, the, the true nature of the Traveller whether there's anything to be revealed there about the speaker. Um, why, if um, if we reached a golden age, as we are told, uh, all of the relics of humanity look really not much more advanced than our current level of technology. It doesn't look like a golden age to be rusting away at the Cosmodrome. And who's the stranger? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Simple uh, question. <laughs> Yeah, and and what didn't she have time to tell us? Exactly. Yeah, there's 
and I'm just wondering if, if any of that is going to come forward or if really what they're going to do is a, a reboot effectively and just dump all of the all of the the crap they're, they're having to drag around with them and just make a fresh start. How much- I hope it's not a reboot. I hope it's a sequel. I'd like to see Nathan Fillion, Cade, still running around. Yeah. yeah. Paris I mean, Morn throwing rocks on maps. Yeah, it'd be great if we can keep the, the uh, even if, you know, just, just the aesthetics of our characters if we want to take them with us. Obviously, mm-hmm. the light attributes or if light even is still a thing. Uh, whether that's still there, uh, who knows? I mean, after any expansion, let's face it, we've gotten used to that with WoW. Uh, everything you've got is nerfed anyhow, so that's that's not a big shock. But if the, you know if the tower is still there, but it's it's been enlarged in some, you know, it's it's just a, a bigger, more dynamic space. I, yeah, I'm I'm just a little bit concerned as to how much of the game is going to be left. Also, how long are they going to keep the original Destiny servers running for before they shut them up? Yeah, will they keep... Will all get folded into the new one? Somehow. I'm not sure what we're going to be left with. I don't know what the trade-offs are. So it's a little concerning. Yeah, I mean, I, I like one of the articles um, mentions about we don't want you know, to carry into Destiny 2 with this ridiculous inventory and all these weapons. And I, I can see the advantage of a fresh start, but I think those points Simon you made are very, very pertinent as well. As long as I can take my gallowing with me, I don't care. Yeah. It's... You know, gallowing 2.0. As long as it's still got... That's all I care about. It has to have I just want it. that horn. The gallowhorn. Horn. Yes. That seems. <laughs> yeah, so. You know what I'm talking about, or no? Well, I what? know about the Gallahorn. Oh, you mean the yeah, horn not, for not your, your sparrow? For the sparrow, yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. There's, there's a horn for the sparrow called the Gallahorn. Yes. <laughs> and, it, yeah, when you honk it when you're running around, then wolves start howling as well. Oh, really? See, I haven't actually used it yeah. yet. Okay. Oh, well, okay, next time you're in the Plague Lance and you're on your sparrow, hit circle on your controller and have a listen. Cool. Mm. Uh, All right. It's the King one, which sounds like, well, sounds like a fanfare. Which seems appropriate for someone of my noble visage. I want one that plays Greensleeve so they think you're Mr. Whippy Van. That'd be cool. Or King Henry VIII. That too. Um... All right, let's get away from Destiny. Apology to all our non-Destiny players, and let's talk EB Expo, because, Ben, I believe you were our man on the ground. I certainly was. I um, was lucky enough to get a media pass for the Friday um, as part of uh, the 8-bit crew that I uh, run around with. And, um, yeah, I had a really great day. I got to see lots and lots of different things, and um, I think... Game-wise, one of the big highlights and one of the ones I was most excited to see was Horizon Zero Dawn. Um, And I said this on the 8-Bit Hungry Gamers podcast as well. I don't think it was a great demo, but I think the game shows a hell of a lot of potential. Uh, What I mean by that is the demo that we got to experience was... Oh, we got to watch a guy playing a section of gameplay first. He said it was about three hours into the campaign. And then we got to jump on a couple of demo stations and muck around with it. And those demo stations just had you stealthily killing a couple of guys with your bow and arrow and then uh, trying to hack these bull-like robot creatures. So you're hacking them so that you can tame them, essentially, so you can ride one. Um, And then there was also these other things. You had to shoot some stuff off the back. But the demo that you're playing didn't give you a good feel of what the game had potential to be and it limited you to a very small area of the map. Mm. Um, so that's why I say it wasn't good demo game still looks really, really gorgeous. Um, in fact, I did ask the, um, guy, uh, one of the PlayStation guys there, um, the TV that they displayed the viewing on the, the, the stage demo for us on was, um, a much better quality television. Let's just say that, um, but I did say to the guy, I said, oh, is that running on the PS4? And we were playing on the PS3. 
uh, sorry, the, was that one running on the PS4 Pro? And we were we playing on the PS4? He said, no, 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 this is all just PS4. None of this is today that you're seeing is PS4 Pro. Uh, we do have a video playthrough of the PS4 Pro stuff running out on the, uh, elsewhere on the show floor. But what you just did was just all standard PS4. So what if, if you get the PS4 Pro version, it will look a lot better than this. And I was like, wow, that's actually pretty cool because the game does look very graphically impressive, great lighting, textures, everything. I, I can't rave about this game enough. Um, I think it looks fantastic. I just, yeah, I don't think that demo did very good job of showing off some interesting gameplay mechanics that I'm sure it probably does have for more of down the track. Okay. Um, so that, that one was a big highlight for me because I was really excited to get in there and play that one. Uh, other games that I got to see, uh, Mafia 3 was a very noticeable and pleasant surprise. Uh, didn't get to play it, got to watch a couple of, I watched stage presentation in the main arena and then got to go see them in their own presentation. I didn't know it was going to be the same presentation. Um, but yeah, Mafia 3 looks really, really cool. Um, it's out, it came out on Friday, um, all reports are is pretty good. PC version apparently has a few bugs in it, so you might want to wait for a patch. I'm waiting for reviews because uh, review copies didn't go out until the same day as uh, sales copies. Um, so I'm just yeah. hanging back until the reviews come out before I actually go. But I do know a few people that have picked it up, and they're saying they like it a lot. Um, so that's what, that's a good one to go check out. Go watch some trailers or some video on it. It, it slipped completely under my radar. I had no idea that's the sort of depth that game has. Um, also, speaking of the um, stage presentation in the arena, I got to see Phil Spencer's keynote speech, uh, or a good portion of it anyway. Um, Phil Spencer, I will just say, the man is a legend. He's He is a just a dude. He's a, he's a gamer. He gets it. He's not Don Matrick, the guy that screwed up Xbox. He's... He reminds me a lot of uh, Peter Moore when Peter Moore was running Xbox and he did the tattoo reveal for Halo 2 um, and the one for Gears, uh, not Gears, um, Grand Theft Auto 4 as well. And his presentation skills and stage presence and speaking capacity. And Phil Spencer nails all that and he gets it. And one of the taking home points I got from the keynote, a lot of what he's saying there was a lot about, you know, uh, 4K being the future and all these sorts of things, typical sales pitch stuff. But one thing I took away from it was he started talking about the Scorpio and the 1S. And he said, well, we're revealing the 1S. Do we reveal the Scorpio at E3? Um, Well, if we reveal the Scorpio after the 1S comes out, gamers are going to turn around and they're going to feel cheated that we didn't inform them and there's going to be another console coming further down the road. Or do we reveal it now and people maybe not buy the 1S? It's a give and take. Obviously, it's kind of paid off for them because people have been buying the 1S. It's outselling the PS4 currently in the U.S., um, I don't know what the Australian numbers are, but I, I like the, the 1S. I think it's a great little console. Uh, Simon, I believe you've got yours now, which is I, – I think you're liking it from all accounts. I am absolutely wrapped with it. Yeah. Yeah. So, long hard yeah. like that. Yeah, it was. But, yeah, so they – um, I, I think that him actually coming out and acknowledging it from a gamer's point of view and talking to people and saying, look, we've got our hardware, these are our options – Here's our options for you. You can either get this 1S now, you can get your 4K streaming, you can get your 4K Blu-ray, you can have your big bigger hard drive, your HDR, and you can enjoy your games that you already know and love. Or you can wait another year, maybe a little bit more than a year, and you can have the Scorpio next year, and here's what it's capable of doing. Enjoy your choice, choice in your hand, and I think that's great for gamers is providing a choice i don't think sony's doing that at the moment they're going oh yeah here's some hardware cool what 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 can we do with this hardware oh yeah 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 you you know like i'm I'm more referring to the vita probably at this stage than the ps4 ps4 because ps4 is being pretty well supported but you know you look at something like the vita that comes out great piece of kit great piece of hardware didn't get supported at all um and this is why i have concerns about psvr uh, going forward. Um, speaking of PSVR, I 
did get to try it out as well at the Sony booth. I got to try a Drive Club VR. Now, I had a lot of fun with it. I thought it was really cool, really great immersive experience. My first time trying out VR. Um, in saying that, Drive Club, I was sitting behind a racing steering wheel in a racing seat and felt like I was racing. So I think those sorts of games with the VR will work very well. So something where you're sitting in a cockpit and you're not moving around, so you're just moving your head so much and using the controls, I think will work really well. Um, things when you're standing up and moving, I didn't, I'm still not entirely sold on. I didn't get a chance to try out any of those sort of games. Uh, so I can't comment too much, but I, I'm, I'm not sold on those yet. I don't think I still see VR as a gimmick. I don't think it's going to be a hardcore gaming option just yet. Um, what else was there? Uh, For Honor from Ubisoft. Uh, looks like a great sword-based combat game. Uh, very small amount I got to play was very, very fun. Um, and lastly, Ghost Recon Wildlands looks very, very impressive for what they're trying to accomplish. I say trying to accomplish because it's Ubisoft. <laughs> And we all know how the division turned out earlier this year. And they're still having some problems out there in the world. Sorry? Huge success. Oh, yeah, massive success. But, um, well, sales-wise it was. Hmm. Well, actually, here's an interesting tidbit. Um, The No Man's Sky, within two weeks of release became the most returned console game or most returned game period at EB Games within two weeks of release. And I said to the guy, even higher than The Division, he said, no, Division actually wasn't too bad, but I know what you're saying. It was, And Division's probably our second highest returned game this year. Okay. So in two weeks, No Man's Sky out did The Division. But yeah, anyway, getting off topic. Um Ghost Recon Wildlands, I say that, just grain of salt, comes out around March, uh, looks really, really cool. Um, I've got a feeling it's going to rely quite heavily on the co-op side of things because you're going to need four people in a team to do any of the missions. Um, I'm not sure how the AI will run in that, but, hey, wait and see. There's still a few months before release, and, uh, yeah, graphically and gameplay-wise, looks really, really cool. Cool. Good wrap up. Yeah. So, yeah. So yeah. Um, yeah. Hey, you got any other questions or thoughts or anything like that you want to know about EB Expo? Hit me up on the Twitters and all that sort of stuff at the Spawny Thirteen, and I'll answer your questions as best I can. Cool. I have questions, and I'm not. You have questions. To... I had. I do. I do. I want to ask you about uh, Drive Club first of all. Mm-hmm. I've heard that it's a. Uh, it's a. Uh, obviously, it's a part back from what you get on the PS4 both in yes. amount of content and the, the graphical fidelity and the amount of effects. Yes, yes I'd say so, yes. Uh, although it's still a good chunk of the game, so it's it's mm. probably one of the few games for PSVR. I know there's yeah. no question up to this point, but here it comes. Uh, how did you find the, the visual fidelity? How long did it take you to not notice? Uh, I noticed it... I... I, I I, I not noticed it pretty quickly. There was a few jarring moments, though. Like, you're driving... A really good example is there's... On the track that they had set up, because you do three or four laps around this one track, yeah. um, you drive around one of the bends, and you get the sun glare, like, as if you were driving in a real car. You get sun glare coming through and hitting you in the eyes, and you kind of can't really see the corner. And Brendan, who I was with... He had the same experience, and we all made mention of it actually. And um, but you you kind of want to instinctively just put your hand up to block the sun out from your eyes, but uh-huh. because your hands attached to the steering wheel in the game, it doesn't work, so it throws you out a little bit. Um, obviously, the resolution, fidelity, and things like that was wasn't terribly. Bad. The problem, only problem I had with that is when you're trying to pinpoint a, co- a corner off in the distance, so you can make your turn and know when to break. Mm-hmm. Um, I found that a little bit difficult, but that also, excuse me, that could have also been the um, focus of the goggles and not so much the visual fidelity because we didn't really have a lot of time to 
muck around with the the headset and really get a good focus. And I I focused it up, but I said, oh yeah, that looks all right. She goes, oh, what about now? I said, oh no, but oh, yeah, that's a bit better. All right, that's a bit worse. Okay, yeah, there's probably the best. So if I had a bit more time to muck around with the focus, maybe it could have been better. Right. But because is you know it's just a stage demo, they want to get people in and out, in and out real quick. You don't get a lot of time to muck around with it. Yeah, I think that's where uh, PSVR is going to be interesting. Just mm. to see a lot of the uh, what are the outlook views are going to be like now that most yeah. of them got their their um, actual production stuff. Mm. I understand. Uh, Drive Club VR is a bit different from some some of the other games in that it doesn't yeah. really have good anti-aliasing, which apparently is the, th- nah. the thing. It's a real difference with PSVR. Yeah, I'd say that's probably a good good thing to yeah mention. Um, I think if we mention uh, people that probably give a pretty good accurate review of the PSVR, it'd be the PS I Love You guys um, from Kind of Funny. Yeah, they're, uh, they're, they're PlayStation's hardest harshest critics as well as their biggest fans. That's true. That's true. Mm. Uh, they certainly didn't hold back for the no. uh, the, the, the pro launch. No. Uh, also, Digital Foundry. Uh, if anyone is interested in PSVR, uh, yeah. they're doing some fairly good stuff. So that's another good place. If anyone's interested and wants to check it out, uh, those are two good outlets to try. IGN. Actually, the IGN UK podcast um, has just done uh, had a bit of a chat, and it's a lot more conversational. Uh, and feels a lot more sincere because you can see where they were genuinely excited. So, yeah, anyone who's interested, uh, I would suggest you have a look at those three places as a starting point if you're not sure. Yeah, I definitely, for anyone that's looking at, even if you've already got your pre-order and you're considering cancelling it, go out and read some reviews or listen to other people's opinions on it first. Do not jump in because you may regret it. Oh, yeah. It's a lot of money to lay down for something that, you're not sure about yet. I mean, sure. I'm pretty sure a lot of the people that have laid the money out are keen as beans to get it, but there might be a few people getting cold feet, especially this close, and they're not sure what they're going to do game-wise. Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine there'll be some outright anger. I mean, I'm still angry about Star Wars Battlefront nearly 12 months later, and that's a tenth the price of VR. Oh, yeah, that's true. Actually, I heard a funny thing, a good thing about Battlefront. Um, the latest downloadable content is a Death Star battle, but the and um, this isn't going to make you want to go out and buy it. But I just thought it was a really cool idea for a multiplayer map. Is what how it actually plays out is it, it all starts out as a space battle for the Death Star, and the rebels land on the Death Star, go in, and then they've got to steal a droid or blow something up inside the Death Star, get back on back to their ships and escape the Death Star, and then another space battle before they can escape and win the match. So it's just a standard attack and defense sort of map, but the whole process of going through the entire stages of the match sounded very very intriguing and interesting. I thought it was a really cool idea. And to be fair, if if Destiny didn't exist in the world, I probably would have loved Battlefront. It's just because I've been playing Destiny prior. I was disappointed. Yeah, I'd agree. Um... All right, now we're we're running, well, we will be running relatively long, so I'm going to skip a couple of things. But if, in the briefest terms, if you want to talk about Power Rangers trailer, I knew there was a movie coming up. What was the trailer like? Um, It's a relatively short trailer, not much showing in terms of the costumes or the nothing of the Zords or anything like that. Uh, Power Rangers is kind of right in my sort of generation uh, of... uh, people where you know it came out when i was probably about 10 years old the first season of power rangers um so i i i think it's just going to be very sentimental to a lot of people on but yeah i i I just sort of put that in there something that a lot of gamers my age and or younger would want to check out absolutely Mm -hmm. you young whippersnapper um gears of i'll take it i'm the older one on the other podcast there you go (laughs) Uh, Gears of War 4 Xbox One S console so we've just alluded to it briefly but Simon you're in love it's amazeballs so tell me what and quite honestly because I'm totally out of the loop no surprise what, what's different about this versus a, a normal console uh, well internals it's the same as a standard uh, Xbox One S yep obviously 
it's got a two terabyte hard drive in. Um, that's oh, yeah. kind kind of hard, getting harder. You can't get the white one so easily, I don't think, now with the two terabyte. Uh, but there is a Battlefield One in Olive Drab, which is quite attractive with the two terabyte coming up as a bundle. So that's that's cool. Yeah, I think the Gears One's better. Uh, the Gears One is really kind of special because mm. they. they gone to a lot of trouble with it uh it's yeah it's kind of hard to to describe really the, the photos don't really do it justice but they have gone to an awful lot of trouble it's got the the custom startup sound and disc eject as has been the case from uh, the old 360 uh s days so that's cool uh the controller is has also had a massive amount of love and care it's um They've they've customized controllers gorgeous. Yeah, they've not only customized the uh, the shell, but the D pads customized uh, mm. the buttons. Instead of just the regular A B X Y, they it looks like someone's uh, used like a you know like a, a compass, the end of a compass or something, and scratched the the letters in as opposed to the the normal clean type. Yeah, they got a lot of that laser etching on both the console and the, oh, the controller laser, as well. Laser etching is amazing. It it mm. really looks something's something's raked it with razor sharp claws. It's it's just a really for some people it's probably a bit gaudy if they want something sober like a the original Xbox One. Something yeah, well, well, it's bright red, so it stands out. <laughs> well, it's not 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 bright really. It's more of a it really it's is bright a, enough. It's kind of a blood red. It's it's a it's a it's a deep red. It's not like fire engine or anything. It's not like a red PlayStation. Mm. It's a lot. It's a lot more subdued than that, as as far as a two tone red console can get, anyway. But yes, yeah. no, no regrets. And it came obviously with uh, the ultimate version of the game, which I think is worth like 140 bucks on its own. So it's actually yeah, it was bundle. Okay. Mm. And I think I, I think you're a little bit amenable to a console too, aren't you? So, is it rude to ask um, how many consoles you have? Because I, I, I'd like to see your collection one day. I mean, that's not a um, what do you call it? Euphemism. Euphem- no. Euphemism. That's yeah. <laughs> um, well, let's see. Uh, not a fallacy. Or a phallus? Definitely not. <laughs> Do you, do you seriously want me to to answer the yeah. question? Or yeah, yeah, just no, to... I'm, I'm honestly yeah. interested. I, I'm if see, let, or let me guess, and I'm probably going to guess under, but I'm guessing ooh, you've ooh. got somewhere between twelve and fifteen consoles. That might that's probably slightly under. Yeah, I would say that's what I thought. I'm going to say seventeen. Well, there's the GameCube. There's the Sega Genesis, there's the PlayStation, PlayStation 2, PlayStation 2 Slim, uh, PlayStation 3, PlayStation 3 Slim. Um, X, so I've got two original Xboxes for some reason. Uh, the 360 most numerous ones. No, they both work fine. I've, I've popped oh, okay. the cap out of both of them so they don't leak. Um, one... T- Basically, I think I've got all of the original Xbox 360s apart from the Simpsons one. <laughs> I think I've got most of the 360Ss apart from a couple of the really rare ones, like um, uh, the ones that were, were given to people free on Xbox Live's anniversary. And there's another one as well. Yeah, there's, there's a few rare things that I haven't got, but I've, I've, I feel... Oh, and I've got a, um, a Famicom. And a Sega. I'd mentioned the Sega already. Oh, I thought you said Dreamcast, sorry. No, 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 I haven't got a Dreamcast yet. Okay, sorry. You got a 64? Keep calling them Genesis. I haven't got a 64 yet, no. Yeah. Oh, have you got one of those mini Nintendo Nesses yet? No, I wanted to find... I did think about that, but I want to find out I wanted to know more about the emulation because I was a little worried that they might have just repackaged the innards of a Wii inside mm-hmm. that because obviously it's got the, the Wii nunchuck connectors for the controllers. And I thought, well, the, the emulation on the Wii and the Wii U is actually pretty shitty. 
So I wanted to, Ooh, wanted to maybe wait sh- for a review. Exactly. Yeah. I, from what I've heard, it's actually a lot better. The output is a lot brighter and a lot truer. Um, yeah. So it sounds like it would have been a safe thing to get, but I mean they're completely sold out now anyhow. So yeah, okay. there's a mini uh, Genesis as well floating around somewhere too. I think I don't know if it's out yet, but there was one coming. It had like Alex the Kid and stuff on it. Yeah, and in Japan they're releasing a mini Famicom. So if you're into that, oh. just, you can get one of those little babies. So you've just reminded me, I did play one very retro game since last podcast. Someone sent me a link to an, a web version of Taipan. Did either of you ever play that? No, I'm familiar with the name. but Yeah, it was on, on, yeah, the, the, old, rings bell. It was on the old Apple IIs. So we're talking comp- mid-80s, and it was called Taipan. It was just a text-based adventure where you ran a fleet of ships between a bunch <laughs> of like Hong Kong, Singapore, Batavia, whole bunch of things just absolute blast for the past so for those of you that had apple twos or two e's or in my case at school played it taipan is available online in its full glory what about hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy is that is that text based? oh you know what i'd yeah see i remember playing that too i'd love to see i bet you it is there somewhere that bloody babelfish puzzle yeah took me ages i don't know i ever even solved it so all right, um, can we talk about how Sony started sucking ass again next episode? Because that's a perennial question anyway. Um, that, I think that's just me and uh, Simon mucking around with the run sheet earlier. Okay. Yep. I don't think it's a question. Oh, sorry. When, when did Flash... Oh, so that's... Okay, so that the, the fanboy podcast one's the same. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah it's just us being against. Cool. Uh, Luke Cage impressions. So without, and we promise at the outset a totally spoiler free because I think Luke yes. Cage has been out what a fortnight, uh, maybe uh, a week. Oh, only a week. Bit over, little, just just very little over a week. Um, I binged watched it the first weekend. Um, uh, what do I say about Luke Cage? I mean, is it up there with well, far- compare it to Daredevil and Jessica Jones? As good, slightly less. I, I, I'd say out of the Three, I'd say uh, Luke Cage is the worst. Okay. Um, the best way I've been able to describe it to people is this very, very slow burn. There's a very slow build-up to much happening. There's lots... Actually, I think it was even in the first episode, there's a moment in the first episode where I was sitting there going, this doesn't need to be here. Yeah. This is just chewing time to pad out the episode. And it's very early in the first episode. Um, so if you haven't watched it yet, I'll, I won't say it, but you'll notice it straight away. It's a scene of ill repute. That's, there's the term I'll go for. And I, I just, yeah, it didn't add anything to the story or okay. anything like that. Um and yeah, so anyway, that that's my impression. It was, it was very, very slow, but soundtrack is fantastic. I mean, set in Harlem, New York, um, all about the struggles of the black man and life and the black gangs and mob or whatever you want to call them in that part of New York okay. and things like that. And the soundtrack that they use throughout is fantastic. Um, in one of the later episodes, uh, Method Man from Wu-Tang Clan makes an imp- appearance and... Um, that's in the trailer, so that's not a spoiler. Um, but yeah, they've got a Method Man track that he's written ex- ex- uh, exclusively for the series. Um, and yeah, yeah, it was really it's it if it was on its own without Daredevil or Jessica Jones to compare it to, I'd say it was pretty good, and it would leave a lot to look forward to going forward. But because we've had Jessica Jones and Daredevil, I'd say. In order of preference, I like Daredevil one season one, Jessica Jones, Daredevil season two, and then Luke Cage. So it is it's lower on the totem pole. When the action does finally kick in and you start getting a few of the really good action scenes going on, um, very well done, very clever how they work with the stuff like because Luke Cage is a bulletproof character, um, so they work around that a little bit, um, and yeah, the, the villains were well. Some of the villains were really good. Another one, not so much. Okay. And I, th- I think I'll leave it there. Yeah, cool. And Simon, you haven't seen it, have you? I haven't, but I do have a question. 
So I'm wondering if comparing it to Netflix, other option, uh, other originals might be a little unfair. So I'm going to ask you to compare it to uh, CW shows like uh, Flash and Arrow. Or I even think, uh, I, uh, can you? No, I can't compare it to those because it, it doesn't fall into the same vein yeah. of comic book TV. I know what you're talking about because Flashpoint was last week with um, the latest Flash episode. Mm-hmm. Season three of Flash. It started off with Flashpoint. Shout out to our podcast. Absolutely. Um, and that was a really cool episode. It was really comic booky, really light, really felt like Flashpoint from the comics. Well, it's the TV show's interpretation of the Flashpoint from the comics and the stuff with Reverse Flash and the rival and Kid Flash and all that sort of stuff was very, very, very clever. And I, I really enjoyed the Flashpoint, but. I could not compare what CW does on their shows to what Netflix is doing with the Marvel stuff. It's just atmospherically so different. Very, very different style of show, uh, whereas the CW stuff is a weekly serial with a loose tie between episodes, except for obviously the bigger episodes, Um, whereas the Netflix is just like more like your Game of Thrones style storytelling where each you have to watch each episode in sequence. Yeah. You could watch a few of the Flash or Arrow episodes out of sequence and you wouldn't know the difference. That's um, true. Except for a few noticeable moments. Well, yeah, in Arrow, the level of angst just yeah. varies slightly. I just wish someone had shoot Felicity. Oh, she did. Oh, did. Yeah, that was a couple of seasons ago. She got shot. Did she die? No, she's in the new season. Yeah, see, that's the problem. <laughs> mm. oh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. They all have been shot. <laughs> that's true. All right, so that's Luke Cage. And then obviously just today, hot off the presses at New York Comic Con, they released the Iron Fist Netflix TV series first trailer. Um, had a look at that. Again, like the look of that. Um, I'm really... It's the the last bridge, obviously, until the Defenders TV series with you know Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Daredevil, and Iron Fist. Um, Iron Fist is not how I imagined him, but uh, it, it still looks great. Did they show any costume stuff or anything for Iron Fist? I mean, I haven't seen it, so I, um, I can't comment. I saw the teaser earlier in the year, and the teaser looked pretty cool. Yeah, from memory, no, not the full costume. Obviously, showed the dragon tattoo on his chest. He had nothing on on top, and showed his fist glowing, which looked really, really cool. Um, cool. Uh, beyond that, no, I don't recall the costume. So, mm. yeah, lo- looking good, and Defenders, I think, should be great. They've certainly tied yep. it all together. It appears extremely well. Simon, you mm. haven't seen that trailer? Uh, no, uh, not because I couldn't, but because I'm not sure that I'm terribly interested. Yeah, fair enough. At this point. I, I think Danny Rand's Iron Fist probably be most interesting out of them all. Jessica Jones I wasn't too excited about. Daredevil I kind of was, but I think Iron Fist, now that he's never really been explored in this sort of medium, I think it'd be really cool. Well, see, I, I'm a massive comic and Marvel comic tragic. I had no idea about Jessica Jones until this TV show. So she must have mm. popped up very much in the 90s rather than the 80s. I think she did. Her comic wasn't called Jessica Jones either. No. It was called Alias. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Or Alias Investigations, I think it was. And I was even a bit slow that um, Daredevil's nurse that looks after him was Night Nurse. I, I took me a while to make that connection. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, actually, Rosaria Dawson's in Luke Cage again as well, and they've oh. already set her up for Iron Fist in the next season. It's in everything. Yeah. Yeah. They're linking it together. Yeah. All right. Um, we're calling it there? I, I think we will. Yeah, I think we covered everything, didn't yeah. we? Anything else you'd like yeah. to add in, Simon? Um, oh, there's there's one thing I might just mention. Um, I'm not going to give you a link or anything, but uh, if uh, you're interested in anything to do with Star Citizen, Kotaku UK has done, I think, about five articles looking into uh a lot of the the rumours and controversy and whatnot that uh, has surrounded that and I think has come up with some some pretty informative and well-researched articles about it and its uh, its strong points and failings both in the the game and the people behind it. 
uh, and which is refreshing after the piece of hot trash that the escapist spat out. And uh, I, I still won't watch a Yahtzee video on YouTube because of that. I'm, they, they have ceased to exist. All right. As far as and, but Pataka yeah, UK, well worth a look. And in, Simon, mm. in under 30 words, where's Star Citizen up to? I still get bloody emails from every week, but I never read them. So they're still planning on getting to a, a finish line? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And yeah. They, they are definitely making... Are they baiting it? Uh, well, beta is, doesn't mean what it used to, quite frankly. That's true. That's true. So, uh, but they are regularly updating. They are making concrete progress, I think it's fair to say. And uh, CitizenCon is on as we are recording this. So uh, probably best to just have a, have a look at yeah. what's, going, what's being announced there if you want to get the latest updates. So, yeah, no, it's, it's still very much a going concern and still very much alive. And All right. I'm definitely calling it there. That's a show. Um, as always, we're dead keen to hear your opinion, suggestions or general abuse, so please do feel free to email us at contact at oceanicgamer.com. Uh, the Facebook page is still there at facebook.com forward slash the Oceanic Gamer. Um, on Twitter, I'm on The Oceanic Gamer. Simon tweets under RPG Beats RL and Bearden tweets under The Spawny with a Y13 and live streams regularly on the same mm-hmm. username. Um, yep. You'll find previous episodes or the last 50 episodes of the show on iTunes and we're also on Stitcher. We love Stitcher. We, we wouldn't live without Stitcher. Um, Actually, um, I prefer Pocket Casts. I'm just going to say that because that's an Australian company too. Can we get on there? Yeah, we are on there. Oh, woo-hoo. We're on, oh well, I should. Oh, I, I don't. I, I don't know where they get their RSS feeds. I mean, you got to pay for the app, but they're an Australian app. But I, I think they're ten times better than Stitcher. So, so I reckon you guys cars, should check them out. I've just, I've just updated the run sheet. So pocket. I, I can see you doing that. Cast. There you go. Woohoo! Are we still on the? Are we still on the Google one? Is the Google podcast yeah, thing available? It's not showing there. But yeah. what happens to that? Then? Yeah, yeah, Pocket Cast, um, and we are on Geek Google Play as well, somewhere. Yeah. I think it's the Kazakhstani Google Play. Yeah, Australia's third world, apparently. Yes. Um, so, yes, thank you very much for listening, and again, thank you to you, Simon and Ben. Always appreciate it. Um, this, oh, you're, you're mediocrely welcome. This literally wouldn't happen without you, because I'd never think to log on. Um Have a great week, and remember, you don't stop playing because you grow old. You grow old because you stop playing. Good night. Good night. Ciao. to speak does not make one intelligent.